Welcome everyone to Resurrection Sunday and we're so glad that you're joining us online. Resurrection Sunday marks the moment in history that we as Christians place our greatest faith in. And especially now that we as a planet are going through what we're going through, where all of our dependencies and our securities are being stripped away, I would argue that the resurrection of Jesus is where our greatest hope and our greatest faith lies. Because Easter tells us that when God looked his weakest, he was at his greatest. And we are people who believe in the resurrection. We believe in life defeating death, light penetrating darkness. And so I used this in a message recently. We as South Africans are about to go into winter. And what happens to our gardens during winter? Well, the grass grows brown. And every year we try to prolong that. But eventually everything grows brown and many of our plants die. But it doesn't stay that way. You see, right outside of my office window is a plant. And just as winter starts to move into spring, my office starts to smell like Jasmine. You see, jasmine is one of the first flowers to tell us that winter is over and that spring is coming. And yes, there might still be some cold days and some cold spells, but I can look forward with hope. Why? Because jasmine has flowered and I know that spring is coming. And Jesus' resurrection works in the same way. We, in many ways as a world, are going through winter. There are times of difficulty and challenge and struggle and suffering. And we are isolated because of COVID-19. And yet I can look forward with hope. Why? Because the jasmine flower has flowered. Jesus has risen from the dead. Spring is coming. And while there may still be some challenging moments and dark days, I can have great faith that the time of life is coming. And that is what Resurrection Sunday is all about. And so let's allow God's word to continue to encourage us today. I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 15 verses 20 to 23. And it says this, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. And I want to highlight three truths that we can count on that come out of this passage. The first truth is this. Death is something every single one of us will face. Verse 20 says, For as in Adam all die. Now I know we don't like talking about death, especially on Resurrection Sunday. But there's a reason for it. There's a reason we are so uncomfortable with death. And the reason is, whether you're religious or irreligious, death is something that steals. Death is something that robs. Death is something that opposes life. I mean, the latest statistics are that one in one people die. And this isn't just a religious statement. This is true of every single one of us. I think we can all agree that there is a wrongness about death. Death feels like it shouldn't be and my question is this why i mean if there is no god and we are all here because of blind unguided forces death shouldn't bother us the way that it does darwin tells us famously that nature is red in tooth and claw which is another way of saying that evolution happens because of violence because of death 
The strong defeating the weak is exactly what needs to happen in order for progress and evolution to happen. And yet, if this is true, death should feel so natural to us. But every time I do a funeral, and whether it's of a baby or someone who's lived to a ripe age and has lived a full life, The people sitting there, whether they're religious or whether they're non-religious, they're experiencing grief. Why? Because they're experiencing loss and they're experiencing death. And so what if our grief is a clue that you're right? What if our instinct that death needs to be defeated is a correct instinct? What if there is something in every single human heart that desires death? to be defeated and here's the good news of easter sunday is that there is one who claims to have defeated death which leads us to our second truth because easter celebrates how christ's resurrection has defeated death different worldviews and different religions all have to have a perspective on what happens after death And for the naturalist, meaning those who believe that the natural world is all there ever was or will be or is, they believe that death is the inevitable end for everyone. That's it. The end. Nothing beyond that. But what if verse 21 is true? Verse 21 says this, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. I've already shown that I believe that we all somehow want verse 21 to be true. That there is hope for life after death. And we actually see this in our culture. So whether you're looking at Dr. Frankenstein, who somehow brings life literally out of a concoction of death, or whether we're looking at zombies, creatures who die yet somehow don't die, or if we're looking at all of our vampire movies, people who use other people's death to push back their own death, we as a culture are obsessed with defeating death, are obsessed with life after death. And here we have the Easter message where Jesus Christ faced death head on. He didn't try bypass death. He didn't try avoid death. He literally faced down our mortal enemy By surrendering to death, the same death that every single one of us will one day need to surrender to. But instead of death being the end to him, instead of death having the final word, instead of death being like a prison to him, instead of death having victory over Jesus, he punched a hole through death. He broke the chains of death by resurrecting on the other side. And it didn't even end there. You see, by Jesus rising from the dead, he set in motion a chain of events that is bringing about such a culmination of a glorious moment, which brings us to our third truth, which is that Christ's resurrection guarantees the future bodily resurrection of all believers. This is found in verse 23 and verse 24. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ the firstfruits, then when he returns, or when he comes back, those who belong to him. Now the words here to describe Jesus are the words of firstfruits of a harvest. Imagine with me you have a whole orchard of orange trees, which for the most part of the year show no fruit. 
But then they start to bud and they start to grow fruits. And then depending on the cultivar, either in May or June, you eventually get your first ripe orange. And you can just imagine the joy and the sweetness and the taste of that orange. But it's not just because of that orange. It's because that orange points towards the thousands of oranges to follow. And in the same way, we celebrate Christ's victory over death. We celebrate his resurrection. But not only does it, it, but not only is it about that, Jesus' resurrection is the first fruits of the millions of resurrections to follow. And we celebrate his resurrection, but also the fact that it points to our resurrection. So how do I know that I will defeat death? Because he has. How do I know that death won't have its final word with me? Because death never had its final word with Jesus. And I am in him, and he is the first fruit of my resurrection and our resurrection. And so I want to end off with something that I might have spoken about in church before, but I have used a number of times in different funerals. But a number of years ago, this video was making its rounds around social media about a cute brother and sister, Chinese brother and sister, walking along the sidewalk and getting to a point where there was a giant drain. He, as the older brother, jumped across but his little sister couldn't make it across. And so try as he might, he tried to help her across, but there was no way he could get her there until he eventually realized what he needed to do. And so this older brother lay down literally with his face and body in the muck and the mire and the darkness of this drain pipe. And there's his cute little sister, cute as a button, walking across his body into safety on the other side. And the first time I saw that, I realized this is such a powerful picture of the gospel. Because here's you and me walking along the streets of life. Every single one of us is, get go Every single one of us is going to get to that moment where we are faced with a dark drain of death. Some of us don't know what that means. We don't know if there's even an... Some of us don't know what that means, if there is even another side, or how are we ever going to get to the other side. But our older brother, Jesus, came along, and he went to the other side of life. And he knew exactly what needed to happen in order to bring us from this side to that. And so he laid his body down across the chasm of death, literally getting sucked into the darkness and the stickiness and the grossness of death in order that we may cross from death to life by walking over his body, the body of our older brother, Jesus. And that's what this passage is about. That's what Resurrection Sunday is about. That's the hope that we have as a people and as a world. That is what we trust in and that is what we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. Now that God has spoken to us through His Word, we want to respond in prayer. So press pause and let's use this opportunity to honor Jesus and invite His resurrecting power and presence into our lives.